I'm excited by, excited by the uh, far right uh, Trump like dictator in Argentina, Argentina. Javier. Um, yeah, no, he's so far right and is just like Trump, except for all the things that are totally different about him. Do you remember how Trump is, like has five uh, cloned dogs named after famous libertarian economists? Yeah, and was a drummer um, in a band. <laughs> and and well, an actual sex coach or a sex therapist? I something forget like that. which. What? I mean, Actually, they both have does, fucked up haircuts. That's true. That does. I kind of like. Uh, I like the Malay. The Malay do. And Malay looks like he's wearing a leather football helmet from like, the '30s or something. <laughs> <laughs> he's literally. Has the weirdest pineapple um, haircut ever. But no, I mean, it's so crazy that people compare him to drunk. I mean, it's just the stupidest thing in the world because the guy cares about one thing and he cares about, you know, what he calls in a positive way neoliberalism. Um, that's the stuff that Trump people really hate. I mean, he's a big fan it. of markets, he's a big fan of free trade. A big fan of Israel. Well, yeah, yeah. Wait, there's a that's, re uh, there's a reason for that. That's here. I mean, there might be. He might be just be, be a big fan of Israel, but the 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 kind of destruction of Argentina is one of the most depressing things in the planet because it's such an amazing, like, was one of the most prosperous countries in the world for a while, a long time ago, and it has since like the 1980s. Has hadn't hasn't had like two <laughs> straight years of growth, and you know without having a hundred percent, one thousand percent inflation. I think last year it was like one hundred and five percent inflation. It's one hundred and forty three. Is right now is it one hundred forty three? Yeah, it seems about right. That's a it's, bad number. Yeah, it's kind of Zimbabwe like. Um, but the Kirshners and Peronism is kind of responsible. You know, Christina Kirshner is one of the most loathsome human beings. Um, you know, and she was convicted to six years in prison, I think, um, in like December or something. She's appealing it. She was been the vice president, but she was the president before her husband, Nestor Kirshner, was the president in the 2000s. And they're all, you know, Chavistas. That's that kind of Peronism. It's like they're Chavistas. They like Maduro. They like Castro, et cetera. But the problem for her, and I think it's one of the reasons why he was raising that flag. I don't know. There might be other reasons. He might be just kind of support Israel. But, um, one of the largest kind of bloodlettings from Iran um, via Hezbollah outside of the region was the Jewish uh, community center bombing in Argentina, which I think 80, 90 people died. And there was an investigation into this. And the man who was doing the investigation, um, right before he was about to drop his report, I think the day before, um, he was found dead in his apartment. He'd been shot in the head. And no one has been arrested uh, for this this crime, which is amazing, uh, really astonishing that nobody has. Um, but it's not that astonishing when you realize that it was going to indict Kirshner. And it was going to indict Kirshner for, you know, a cover-up of Iran's involvement. And actually, by the way, her foreign secretary, um, Hector Tim Timmerman, who is like the son of... Cobalt Timmerman, who's very famous, and Hitch, was a friend of Hitchens and everything, he was Jewish, and he was involved in this. And like the local, um, when he died, he died of cancer when he was in, in his 60s, not too long ago. And the local Jewish organizations like refused to 
comment on it because they hated him so much. They considered him such a traitor. But was he, the was the theory that they're on the take uh, he, that they're just covering their own asses? What was the theory? So there is a bunch of theories, but I mean, on the take because. You know, they had a free trade deal with Iran and, you know, Iran was part of this universe of, of you know, Venezuela, Bolivia, all of these kind of new, these leftist countries, some of them newly leftist countries that were in that kind of, um, you know, pact in, in South America. And Kirshner just covered up their involvement and, and refused, said he was going to have a commission, et cetera. And that never happened. And we know who did it. And the, 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 the guy who put this together, who was killed and I'm blanking on his name now, but he was very, I think 60 minutes did a piece on his assassination, but they, I mean, Kirshner initially said, Oh, he killed himself. Oh, then it was a lover's quarrel. Then it was something else. Oh. You know, the, 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 ultimately you find out that he was getting ketamine and beaten severely before he was shot in the head. Um, it was just a really, really brutal thing, but that was a cover up of a Iranian terror attack in their country. And, um, you know, they not, not fans of Israel, the Kirshner family, but a real just kind of boil on the, the body politic in, in, in Argentina have been for a long time. So it's fantastic that he's, 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 you know, I don't care even if he was like Trump and he is not like Trump, but even if he was great, I mean, nothing is working in Argentina and hasn't for a very long time. So I terrific. Like There's a status quo bias, um, in general everywhere and at all times uh that takes whatever is just sort of the governing mo of a place of a country of a time of a whatever category um as normal yeah. and as long as you're sort of you know coloring in the lines of that particular normal fine and it could be that that normal is as you referenced before i mean that was just a uh, looking at one of those great marion Tupi charts of uh, human progress and stuff. Yeah. And you can sort of see what the uh, GDP adjusted per capita was in the U.S. and Argentina from the 1950s on. And they were close. They were cousins and they were kind of trending in the right, in the same direction upward. Argentina was a little bit less, but not by a ton. And then <laughs> beginning in the 60s and then kind of accelerating, it's just like a shit show. The U.S. keeps going in, in more or less the same direction and Argentina like uh, completely falls off. Um, that is the status quo that people think is normal and fine. And once you get an abnormal person, um, who's really different and his mm -hmm. eyes are a little bit intense, yeah. um, you, you've got to use the, the most sort of crazy qualifiers to talk about them or Correct. even worse in the American journalistic context. And at, at this point, that's just starting to become oxymoronic, like you, you knew this was going to happen as soon as he, I didn't expect him to win by 10 percentage points. That's kind of a big deal, especially since he lost in the first round, but you knew that he'd be treated with all of these. Let's see, how can we cut and paste our own, you know, domestic political yeah. anxieties onto this place. Yeah. And so now he's a far light libertarian or he's, he has like, and this is Washington post, New York times Axios, right? So far, far the ones right. that I've seen, yeah. um, uh, a Trump-like libertarian or like a, like a Trump-like libertarianism. Because we all know that Trump, <laughs> Trump is the most libertarian president. Trump and libertarianism just yeah. peas in a fucking pod. Yeah, um, I mean, he's like pro-gay marriage. He's like, I don't believe that the state should be involved in marriage. I mean, he is a Catholic. He's opposed to abortion because he's a Catholic. But there's, I mean, he has, I mean, you know, the people were appalled in the American 
sort of English language uh, news coverage of this that he said, you know, there should be a market in organs, you know, which is an old kind of saw in libertarian kind of debate. No surprise to anyone who's been around that. But it's a really interesting thing, too, because, you know, in the last presidential debate, um, they were trying to pin him down. Um, Think about a way to pin him down in Argentina. Didn't you once say that you loved Margaret Thatcher? And he said, well, yes, of course. <laughs> and this is Argentina. People. In Argentina. And they were like, you have betrayed our brave boys that died in the Falklands War. And he's like, no, well, she brought down the Berlin Wall, helped bring down the Berlin Wall, was great on X, Y, and Z um, issue. And, you know, stuck to his guns on that when you consider that that is a kind of radioactive thing to say in Argentina, but apparently not enough for the people voting the election. But uh, I, I just love that that was that that was brought up at a, at a presidential debate because Dude, the guy loves like, Thatcher because he hates communism. Because he really hates communism. That's his big deal. He, uh, you know, he's cutting campaign commercials of him in, uh, uh like a superpower, uh, super, uh, uh, what you call him? Hero. What do you call him? Superhero. Thank yeah. you. Uh, costume, uh, called like, uh, and, and cat and cat man or something <laughs> like that. And, and then he like takes Thor's hammer and like, it beats up their central bank. Um, yeah. like while everyone's uh, cheering and crazy, this is, uh, that's just a little bit different than anyone is used to oh, kind and of, a, you know, anywhere. and abandoning a currency in favor of the dollar and being at the, the, I mean, you're going to b- blow up your own central bank and then you are at the mercy of the fed. I mean, that is, that's pretty interesting too, that it's going to dollarize the economy because it, I mean, there's not that currency has just been, you know, a disaster for so long now. And, and I mentioned my own, my old colleague, Mauricio Rojas, in a book that he wrote about Argentina, uh, I can't remember, Carmen Sorrow or something it was called, but it was about the disaster of the Argentinian economy. And that came out in, I think, 2004, and things haven't, haven't gotten much better. But, you know, when you talk about Marxism, right, and you're in South America, it's not the way that Ted Cruz talks about Marxism. Now, granted, his parents are Cuban. But the, the, you know, American Marxism, Mark Levin, the Marxism, Marxism, Marxism. And it's just this ludicrous kind of, I mean, Obama wasn't a Marxist. He was a liberal, period, full stop. And, you know, I, I'm not a fan of his presidency. George but Soros is not, not a Marxist. Is not a Marxist. He does Gretchen. fund and his you know, open society funds a lot of things I think are insane, but not a Marxist. In Latin America, you have, you know, governments like in Argentina the Kirchner governments were effectively, you know, Marxist sympathizers. They weren't super Marxist when it came to policy. Venezuela, Marxist. Nicaragua, Marxist. Bolivia, Marxist. I mean, this is going down. I mean, this is an infection. Cuba, of course. Are you uh, saying it's run- kind of like a domino theory? In that region, yes. Those dominoes have fallen and then popped up and fallen again over and over again. And guess what? It hasn't worked well for them, but they keep trying it. And so a guy like this comes along and everyone's like, okay, so we've had 25 years of failed policy. And you know, we used to be an incredibly wealthy country. We're in a very highly educated country. Why are we failing? It's not like going to Guatemala or something, which has been, you know, it had the dirty war and it had, you know, a, a, a very bad time with um, Galtieri and these right-wing dictators. But it was it was always very separate from like sort of disastrous Central American countries like Nicaragua or something. 
it had always had the possibility, but just couldn't pull itself through and actually make it a, a, a functioning economy. And so why not try this? You know, I'm excited about it. In his uh, uh, election night speech, um, he is basically saying, um, uh, we're, this is a, a great blow for freedom. And then the uh, whole crowd starts chanting libertad over and over again. Libertad, yeah. I, I <laughs> prefer crowds chanting libertad than yeah, other yeah. things. Yeah. Like even, even if there, you know, there are some details we're going to quibble with. Uh, I like that as a, a general prospect. It's fun to watch um, people at news organizations in America shake their damn heads when they see like videos of him. And he's a bit fiery. Let's, let's, let's sure. not mince yeah. words. Yeah. He's a bit intense. He's a bit and intense. That's, uh, yeah. and, that, and that's my, I will never pin my hopes on any goddamn foreigner to begin with, but uh, certainly uh, politicians, everyone loves to project and, and uh, you know, be ideological tourists. Um, but and it's his, it's his intensity yeah. that uh, that is the is the red light siren, the drudge siren for me. However, you'll see this sort of like a video of him, like um, with all these like tapes of uh, you know uh, blue masking tape of different government agencies. And here's what he's going to do when he if mm -hmm. he wins the presidency. And he's just angrily ripping down the like, Ministry of Culture, yeah, um, yeah. you know, Ministry of DEI. Yeah, they have one of those, a more recent thing. But you know, and, it's, uh, it's really and people are and people are and the American journalists are like, my God. But my you know what they didn't God. say my God about? The fact that the Christina Kirshner is one of the most corrupt politicians in modern Latin American history. Unbelievably corrupt. All you have to do is go look at at, you know, her Wikipedia page and just look at the various trials that she she kind of worms her way out of because you know the judiciary is corrupt too and they 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 play favorites with certain politicians too. No one said anything about that. No one says anything about her cozying up with Iran. No one says anything about the the um you know the currency collapse and just the general economic collapse in Argentina. But some guy comes along and they're like, oh, he's like Trump, and they're like, oh my God, we're shaking my damn head. It's like, do you not shake your damn head at the unbelievable institutional corruption of that country? No, you don't care. It's only it when somebody me, says something that sounds like Trump. <laughs> it reminds me of the early days of COVID when there were a bunch of reliable news cycles, depending on um, uh, that season's infection rates in various different countries, which split a lot differently. But whenever like infections are going way up in, uh, in Brazil, Brazil yeah. it'd be like, you know... Trump style politicians having the hardest time in the world when it comes to uh, yeah. COVID. Yeah. Um, just everyone wanted to make it that thing uh, at all times. And they want to do it now. One final thing on this. It, it is, we, we should point out that it, it is true in Millet and in, in Argentina that he's an outsider, like a true outsider, like an actual outsider. He's like a TV guy. He was a musician. He's had all these weird jobs. He's just a fucking weirdo. Whereas Bolsonaro came through the military. Trump came through the business world, was very well known, had a television show, you know, had run for president uh, before trying on the reform party, then, you know, worming his way into the Republican party. Like this, Millet is just like, he is like a true Outsider. You very rarely get these people that are that far outside the political machines of a country, but he is absolutely one of them. And so that makes his success much more unlikely yeah. in the next four years as they do all kinds yeah. of stuff that they haven't tried before. And dollarizing the economy, it's not a magic wand. You got to have some dollars around yeah, and they do. don't. Yeah, they don't. Yeah. <laughs> and that's an issue. He's going to have to deal with that issue uh, and plenty of others besides. But that, you know, if you've had 25 years uninterrupted mostly, 
with the exception of one uh, little micro period of Peronism, the entire system is set up. Talk about deep state. Um, that is that is the state. That's um, a very it's a very good point. I mean, it's there. the The infrastructure is there for him to fail. Yeah, and it's going to line up um, against him because you know there's there's you know different types of Peronism too, and like the kind of very far left um, uh, Kirshnerism, which is actually what Argentinians call that I version. For Don. Kirshner. Yeah, Don Kirshner. Don, Don Kirshner. Kirshner. <laughs> Welcome to my rock concert. Yeah, Don, Don Kirshner's Failing Economy. Great TV show. <laughs> this anyway. is Fog Hat. Good yes. young band. You know, Check out the harmonica playing. First uh, band I ever saw live. Fog Hat? They opened for Aerosmith when I saw Aerosmith in 1980 something. Yeah. At, at, you know at who, the Lynn High School. Lynn, Massachusetts, um, high school football stadium. They played outside. It was called the Manning Bowl at the time. And Foghat, um, I th- Foghat opened. And, um, and there was another band called like Fahrenheit or something like that. But it was the, and I think I mentioned this a long time ago on this podcast. It was the era when um, Joe Perry even quit the band. So it was, it was two, it was oh. two guys in, in that they had replace him jimmy crespo and rick dufay <laughs> man your your brain has too much information i remember when i, I've I think told rick you dufay's before, daughter when, is like a famous actress or something like when that? i was hot boxing with steve morse from the boston globe great rock critic there yeah. we were uh uh at the 2004 dnc uh outside of a shitty bar that you've closed a thousand times um and we were just absolutely cranking Aerosmith and talking about the Joe Perry project. Oh the yeah, the thing. Joe Perry project. <laughs> <laughs> Never forget. I went uh, saw an Aerosmith like twice in a row in the '80s, and the second time uh, was because of the opening act, which were these uh, LA kids you might have heard of called Guns and Roses. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, I'll see GNR as an opening act, and of course. They were uh, dancing with Mr. Brownstone a little bit too heavily. And, yeah, that was uh, it. And they, they like didn't show up. And so like at the last possible minute, an ad hoc version of LA Guns like, <laughs> oh, <laughs> like subbed in for them. Uh, Which was sure itself flee. like just like a, a, a band of all the kind of people from other bands. It was a, yeah, that was it's a, a super was, group yeah. of reject metal yeah, junkies reject in LA. Group. By the way, Rick Dufay's daughter is quite famous and um mm. quite hot too her name is minka kelly she has a book out she was in a bunch of shows she's 43 years old god um and the, the first question um she dated derek jeter for three years hello <laughs> this is amazing a lot of gift baskets for her yeah yeah um uh, mink uh, minka kelly's a lot she has a new memoir it's like dude i saw your dad play with aerosmith that's how i know who you are that's pretty Weird. good. <laughs> anyway, we got some letters. We got some lots messages. And lots. Yeah. lots and lots and lots. I think I'll read this one first since it refers to um, uh, the third wheel, um, who was too busy sending us photos from his private jet on a tarmac to uh, join us today. If I didn't have uh, things to do, to talk to him about in other capacities, I'd just block him at this point. <laughs> want to so bad new phone who does this is from rachel um uh hello men that's a good Mm -hmm. way to start i love the fifth column it's a raunchy little refuge away from the chaos of insanity and it really has kind of saved me lately since 
My corner of the world is particularly bonkers these days. I'm a PhD candidate at Yale. Oh, God. Oh, dear. Uh, I was on the second Sunday call this past week, and it was a lot of fun, so I'm excited to participate with more substantive questions, comments in the future. But for now, I really want to know when you guys all met and how oh. this thing got started. I'm making up for lost time and listening to some old episodes, including the very first one, which is still super relevant, terrorism, the FBI wanting Apple to unlock iPhones, Trump, idiots writing things. And I have to say, Matt was pretty aggressive and passionate in making his points, which I'm clarifying because I also just listened to the episode with Andrew Sullivan, where you all turned gay. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> it's mostly my, Michael and the yeah, bowls yeah. and the yeah. whirlpool. Uh, at the end, and can we have more of that, please? <laughs> Hold on, I'm not done. Thanks, and excited to be part of the fifthdom. Uh, it's from Rachel. Um, yeah, I realize that we've gotten all, uh, quite a, a large number of uh, subscribers over this past month or so, um, and many of them don't know the exciting... Historical origin story. I met Moynihan at the CEI dinner, Competitive Enterprise Institute is that right? dinner. In like, yeah, I remember because Nick Gillespie's like, oh, you gotta. Uh, this is back when Nick um, <laughs> was was consistently full of booze. What's <laughs> more of a drinking <laughs> Leaking man? Leaking booze out of his eyes. Yeah, Nick is alcohol sober these days, and yes. uh, and uh, and yes. uh, a very responsible adult. But back then, um, he was also responsible. He was just a super horrible drunk, mm -hmm. and uh, and he's like, yeah, I mean, this guy Moynihan, he's just like you. He was in Europe, so I was like, okay, fuck him, whoever mm -hmm. he is. Yeah, I don't think Joanna was there because I might have given you some credit for having a hot wife, but um, mm -hmm. I, I don't know. Was she not? She uh, maybe she, yeah, she probably home. was. I don't remember. But anyways, yeah. uh, uh, Michael had this horrible like. Uh, uh, Crispin Glover hair, um, and uh, and he was I th I'm not sure you and were Crispin a higher Glover yet. face, that <laughs> face and <laughs> and writing style. No, Crispin Glover's. If you haven't watched Crispin Glover's like uh, uh, Letterman uh, appearances, not just Letterman, but his music. He's oh, got yeah, a great right. song called Clowny Clown Clown. That's right. Um, yeah. <laughs> I don't he, know why. He, I he remember disappeared. That. He was sort of mentally ill, right? Um, I'm taking too long. Basically, uh, Camille and I and Kennedy, um, uh, different order actually. Uh, Kennedy and I uh, and um, uh, Christina Kendall, who is John Stossel's right hand man at uh, Fox, uh, helped start this and, and conceive of. It took a long time. This new show on Fox uh, Business Network called The Independence. In the last uh, bit of the production and conception of it. Uh, Christina suggested that we bring in Camille, who uh, we'd known in libertarian circles, and I had gone on and bonded with a lot on a junket to Switzerland, of all places. Um, and so sort of like threw us all in the fire, and we had this uh, uh, television show for a year and change uh, from 2013 to 2015 that was kind of great. Um, it's sort of familiar to those of you who are listening to this now, but it was TV in that kind of context. It was called The Independence. And uh, a big whole chunk of it was that we were going to talk about the news and be serious, but also Kennedy's, you know, one of the most hilarious people on the planet and very quick witted. And we would have fun and also argue with one each other, with each other and talk to a bunch of guests, including Mary Catherine Hamm, who was on our last episode. She was a, even a guest host at some point or a guest uh, fill in. Um, and, uh, and people kind of loved it and it did pretty good ratings for Fox Business Network. And at some point they uh, decided that they didn't want the pips anymore. They just want a Gladys Knight. And so Camille and I were dispatched from it in 2015 and that became the Kennedy show. And afterwards, um, we were talking actually with Kennedy's then husband, Dave Lee, who's a great guy. Um, and he was suggesting, Hey, you guys should like keep the momentum going and do a podcast. 
with someone who's kind of like Kennedy, but you know, sort of smart and funny and and can do all this. You should do it with Moynihan. And uh, to which my reaction, at least, was like, "What's a podcast?" And can I please take a nap? <laughs> yeah, because Dave, Dave had one um, for, for a he, snowboard company that was doing very well, where he would. And he's people. super good yeah. friends with Mark Marin, uh, so like he was on the ground floor of the podcast world. Um, and then when did we start all talking about it, uh, Michael? It was like because uh, uh, that was in that Independence cashiered in January of 2015, so probably like it was around then six months, four, four, three. I don't then, know yeah. months. We started occasionally having uh, uh, extravagant lunches in uh, Manhattan uh, to talk about it. Yeah, um, and then we, I think they were we, all billed to Camille's company. Uh, <laughs> some of them were billed to other companies. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah there is. I'm sure there was some weird billing. I'm gonna, just going to guess there was an inappropriate billing going on. But yeah, and I, and I met I met Camille around I don't know some somewhere in the 2000s. I mean, age seven, eight, something like that. And he was just a, a, around in DC and. The heterodox black guy who uh, was at that point still saying he wasn't black, right? He'd already gotten on that on that bandwagon. Yeah, I, I think. think the biggest the biggest change is that back then I was like, oh, that, okay, you're crazy. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. you still have to like try to call a cab. Wait, I'm sorry. Back then, there was change. What has changed? Well, no, <laughs> I've changed. I'm saying I've changed. I'm yeah. like, ah, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. He's I okay. He might be right about this. Yeah, maybe so. No, I mean, I, I, I don't check the boxes anymore, and I instruct others to not check the boxes on themselves. I should also point out that Moynihan and I worked together at Reason. Yeah, that was mostly yeah, that for was that thing. Yeah, you know, there was a a time when the office in D.C. was like Moynihan and Gillespie, uh, just in, yakking. Crazy synapses drinking firing, and drinking, drinking yeah. and everything. Yeah. We had a drum drum set in the library, and that was pretty good. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah that was. <laughs> and, and, and you know, the the podcast itself. Um, just the, those of you who have been listening a long time, you know this. This is a very short description of it. Is that you know, it just it just took on a life of its own. We've never done advertising. We've never advertised ourselves. We've never put it out there. We haven't done video, despite the fact that we really should. And, you know, just have some experience in video. Yeah, despite the fact that I was doing a television show at the time. It was like, yeah, that's enough video of me. But yeah, we've, this has been the most organic uh, growth uh, one could possibly imagine. I mean, we've never pushed it. Um, And despite the fact that now I have to push it because it's kind of my job at the moment. because I don't do much else. Well, I'm doing a couple other things, but I'll say this: I'm 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 shooting something that's that's a kind of a pilot. Well, speaking of video, um, and I'm excited excited about that. And that's um, we had Mary Catherine Ham up playing uh, with this pilot, and you know, just sitting in and seeing what um, what works. So there's something coming soon, and um, uh, very soon, I hope. Uh, but I think we're pretty much done through the piloting phase. But I but I hope it is something that you guys get to see soon. So oh, this is all the th- your last bit, Michael, is pretty much the answer to this uh, uh, less friendly uh, email <laughs> uh, from Chris, whose subject line is wasted talent. Oh, wow. Uh, Thanks, yeah, man. It's pretty yeah. aggressive. Hey, boys, we're now seeing Camille branch out into solving the question of meaning. Is that what he's doing? Yeah, uh, and Matt doing some serious at-larging at reason. But Moynihan? Mm-hmm. <laughs> from the stinking ruins of vice, Moynihan shines as a great writer that doesn't like to write, fine. Yeah, uh, totally true, by the way. Uh, I, I, but I, I never deny that. Uh, but he's also a sharp debater. 
I can forgive him holding back in fifth column interviews for the sake of interviewing. However, when he goes to the comedy cellar debates, he does five minutes off the bench against Professor Khalidi or politely sits courtside while Norman phoneless Finkelstein <laughs> pontificates about Nat Turner. Are we going to get a proper Moynihan versus someone debate? couple things about this. Number yeah. one... All right, you know the drill. Go over and subscribe. Uh, Thanks for listening. We'll have a new freebie up in the next couple of days you can enjoy over the Thanksgiving holiday. So happy Thanksgiving to everybody. And um, I don't know if I mentioned it. Did we get this far into this freebie that I talk about Sam Altman and the fact that um, he's an asshole? And I'm going to be posting video clips of that on my Instagram for just because. I don't know. So you can go over there to my Instagram and just uh, add me and I, I will say yes because I always do. All right, we will talk to you soon. We the fifth.substack.com. Subscribe. It makes us very happy. And we'll see you soon. Lord, it's the same.